0: Shorts. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Face to Face Shorts, the uh, same great podcast you all know and love, but in a smaller, bite-sized, more manageable, delicious, snack-like uh, From portion. From diddly Yeah, exactly. And uh, where we kind of discuss things that we maybe didn't get to get to on uh, maybe the larger episode. Or something completely unrelated. But not this time. This time we're going to be staying on point again, um, continuing with the theme of, uh, MKUltra, which is a, a large podcast that we hope you guys go and check out. And, uh, today we're going to be discussing, um, kind of an offshoot of, um, the brainwashing section. Um, and this one's going to be regarding a couple of people that, you know, hopefully, uh, our, our adoring audience has heard of, and that's Sirhan Sirhan and Mark David Chapman. You ever heard of these guys, Marcus? Sirhan Sirhan? Yeah. Who was Sirhan? Sounds Watch like a Game of Thrones Sirhan. character. I know, right? For real. <laughs> Battle for the wall. So uh, he was an Arab Christian who was born in Jerusalem with uh, Jordanian citizenship who assassinated the United States Senator Robert F. Kennedy. Whoa. Okay, I got to back that up. LA. <laughs> that was back in uh, June 5th of 68. So, yeah, murked uh, JFK's little birdie right after he gave a campaign speech, by the way, and uh, he was like on his way leaving, and he went through what was like a last-minute um, exit the strategy change, anyway ended up going through a serving kitchen where Sir was waiting, and uh, I guess around 12:15 a.m Sir Han is alleged to have fired a 22 caliber revolver, which surprised me when I was looking this up or whatever, because I knew there was some kind of shenanigans but I didn't know about a 100 percent of the specifics. I didn't know that he fired a little 22 hmm. 22 is tiny. I thought it was a thirty-eight. Most of these little snub nose killings usually appear with that, whether it's right. Jack Ruby or... Yeah, so he fired the revolver at Kennedy and uh, as well as the crowd surrounding him. And uh, shortly after, Kennedy had finished addressing the supporters in the hotel main room. And a former professional football player and Olympic gold medalist were among several men who subdued and disarmed Sirhan after the struggle. Um, in fact, there's a super gnarly video of him um, basically talking to the guy. Who's like holding him as he's like bleeding out. Um, uh, Kennedy, not Surhan. And the first thing he, he asks basically, and, and, the guy kind of just talks about this in the subsequent interview. He's asked, uh, was anybody else shot? Is everybody okay? Which is pretty like pretty cool that you were just, yeah, just got shot. You just got shot. you concerned the, about everybody yeah, else. So the first thing he said is like, holy crap. How bad is it? Like, is everybody else okay? Like, what happened? So Kennedy was shot three times. Once in the head and twice in the back, like his brother, with a fourth bullet passing through his jacket, which they were never able to forensically match up to Sir Han's gun, which would cause a lot of uh, contention later on. Uh, he unfortunately died a little more than a day later at uh, Good Samaritan Hospital, which is located just a mile away. Five other people in the party um, were also shot, but they uh, luckily all recovered. What separates this super terrible assassination from, you know, all the others in history, you know, American history, you know, why talk about this one? Well, frankly, because it's rife with eyebrow raising fucking weird shit, dude. So, um, despite the fact that Sirhan admitted his guilt and recorded a confession while in police custody, a lengthy publicized trial followed. And, uh, surprisingly, the judge didn't accept his confession and denied his request to withdraw his plea of not guilty. In uh, in order to plead guilty, so Sirhan, wait a minute, Sirhan wanted to plead guilty. Okay, or at first I think he said he he wanted to plead not guilty. Rather, he that's how he first pleaded, and then he's like, no, I want to change it. I want to change it to guilty, and let's just move on past the. Just don't
1: even have this trial. Yeah, I
0: can't remember the preliminary hearing or whatever. Yeah, let's just Mm. get this over with. And the judge said, "No, you're going to trial, homie. Like we're gonna make sure that we're gonna we're gonna." See what happened here, which is surprising to me because uh, you know most of the time with things that happen like this, a lot of people are like anxious to sweep it under the rug. You know what I mean? Sure. So Sirhan also asked that his counsel disassociate themselves from his case completely, which the judge asked him. You know, uh, you know why you do? No, that's not why, gonna happen yeah. either. You know, and he. So judge asked him what he wanted to do about sentencing, and Sirhan replied, "Quote: I will ask to be executed." End quote. So the judge also denied Sir Han's request for that Jeez. and uh, denied his request for counsel to be withdrawn. And uh, coincidentally, or I guess not coincidentally, his counsel also entered another motion to withdraw, but from their own volition. So not <laughs> only was he like, hey, you guys should, hey, you guys should, you guys should leave. If they were trying to leave. Trying to leave, dude. And again, that's what I'm saying. So everybody in this freaking case... Nobody in this case rather wanted to talk about it but the judge, which mm. is so surprising, which is thank God because he's the only one who has, who has the power to be like, no, we're going. Mm. Like if you guys have to get new counsel or not, like we're this is happening. Mm. Like, that was I thought that was bizarre, but that was also kind of interesting because there's that uh, internal self destruct mechanism that we were talking about. Oh uh, yeah. In the main in the, episode. Uh, in the main episode. MK Ultra Two, what when we discussed the uh, monarch mind control. Specifically, uh, the delta programming, where their adrenal output, muscle tissue, stamina, and controlled aggression are all like hi- hyper op- optimized, um, and subjects are systematically, or, excuse me, systematic and robotic in carrying out their assignments. So that kind of sounds an awful lot uh, to me like what happened as far as uh, could be, you know, covering things together. So the trial proceeded, and the defense hoped to demonstrate that the killing had been uh, the impulsive act of a man with a mental deficiency. Uh, He has maintained throughout, though, that he has no memory of the crime or or of even making certain statements in court. Like, for instance, when he was asked if he had shot Kennedy, he said, "Uh, yes, sir, but I did not mean him ill will. I don't know what the hell that means. How do you shoot somebody and <laughs> not read the pill Yeah, world. exactly. You're like, those two things aren't compatible, sir.
1: This is very strange because even if this is, you know, the the whole Delta mm-hmm. killing thing mm-hmm. and they have no memory. Delta soldier brainwashing. His, his behavior in court seems very strange. Like, it's not consistent. It's not like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know anything. Yeah. It's like, let's get this over with. Just kill me.
0: Yeah, 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 I did it. I mean, I didn't mean to hurt him, but I could definitely kill him. And he's like, I'm not guilty. No, no, wait! I'm guilty. No, I'm totally guilty. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I and I don't know what the time period in between the two in between those two statements are. For for mm. you know, obviously the 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 skeptic in me would be like, well, maybe somebody got to him. You know, maybe the handlers got back in there and re you know conditioning. Right, or
1: one could argue did. that if his brain was messed up, like maybe that's part of why. If the guy it's just, a like, side uh,
0: effect. Exactly. Unfortunately, with like schizophrenia and just people that are fucking loony, like who knows, like yeah. what they see and hear They're not predictable and, at all, yeah, really. exactly. And uh, stranger still, midway through the trial, uh, prosecutors provided Sir Hans Lurs with the autopsy report that launched five decades of controversy. The controversy is that Kennedy was shot four times at point blank rage from behind, including the fatal shot from behind the ear um, that uh, basically kind of ended it but according to all witnesses sir Hand was standing in front of kennedy
1: so this is going that. in a different thanks direction Take that
0: what you will uh, whatever a lot of people think and and uh, we'll discuss it here in a second so later evidence would be... He's one of those guys from Wanted. Oh, man, that was so cool. That was the best, worst movie ever. <laughs> the train scene where like, it, it falls down the ravine and like gets wedged... It's like, a in good movie to mountains. watch mindlessly, not, yeah, so not to think too much about it. If you out of it. your mind or if you like got a tooth pulled and you're just dote to drive off on, <laughs> on drugs and you're kind of semi-conscious, fantastic movie. <laughs> so later evidence would be introduced uh, that would kind of lend weight to the theory that the murder was premeditated, basically including um, pages from three of Sirhan's journals and notebooks. Uh, but in these journals was something kind of bizarre, as well as his uh, testimony given under hypnosis. So this one I was going to ask is why Robert Kennedy? He did actually say that he was, or there is some uh, allegation rather that he was upset that uh, Kennedy was, um, the senator was a proponent of pushing a bill that had to do with sending fighter jets over to Israel. Okay. I guess I could say that a Palestinian like sympathizer, I think. And he was like, well, obviously these planes are going to be used Mm -hmm. to fucking hurt people that I care about, blah, blah, blah. And it's your fault probably or something. So I know that that was brought up or whatever. And a lot of people think that if that does hold true, that that's like the first assassination that was centered around, um, the Israeli Palestinian like conflict, Mm. at least in America, America, I was going to say, exactly. Those poor fuckers have been killing each other for a minute, dude. Uh, I'll leave a couple of links uh, for videos, and you can, well, actually you can straight up see some of the hypnosis videos and all the things that he kind of wrote in Get his, in his yourself. notebook. Yeah, no kidding. Hypnotoad. <laughs> <sighs> Hypnotoad season two and one at the best. So, yeah, these things are super bizarre, and they have all the hallmarks of the MKUltra program. A jury convicted Sir Han of first-degree murder and sentenced him to death in 1969, uh, but that was then commuted for a life imprisonment term in 72, and he also survived a stabbing while in prison. Which, uh, you know, hit attempt, or maybe you're just living Cover in prison. Cover up the truth. <laughs> or you just got shanked because you're living in prison. So this is how they This is how they say hello over there. They come by, <laughs> fruit basket, stab you a couple of times. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> is this what I've been doing to people? Jesus Christ, I fucking belong here. Uh, in 2011, his defense team can... Salted hypnosis and conditioning expert, Dr. Daniel
1: P. Brown. Ooh, this is where it gets interesting. A Harvard
0: University, who spent over 70 hours with Sirhan to test their theory of whether Sirhan was hypnotized to be the fall guy.
1: I mean, this, that's a great idea, assassin. but I mean, that's quite a while to wait.
0: And, and if you think about if that holds any water, like, are you gonna, you're gonna train somebody to commit an assassination and then also throw that assassin's life away? but presumably you're also going to have another guy there who's also going to take a shot. Why not just cause, okay. Cause you know, if Sir Han was standing in front and you know, yeah, he shot like a couple of people in the crowd, but the person who shot Kennedy was standing in the back, you know, then you're saying it's a two man job. Like, did they know that each other were there or was he just there to help make sure that like, you oh, know, I see what you're that saying. he became the patsy that he was supposed to become. Did he, was he there to make sure to get the job done? Kind of a thing. You know what I mean? But it's like, well, okay, well, if you already, like, conditioned and poured all these resources and time into this one guy, i.e. Sirhan.
1: And taking it one step further, if this was orchestrated and he was a puppet, why were they killing Robert Kennedy? Why were they targeting him?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. That's, you know, what's the motive or whatever. Unfortunately, I have no idea what was going on back Because you knew the truth about JFK. Well, that might be the thing, too. Like, well, he did mention that he was going to freaking reopen, like, uh, oh. all that stuff. So, I mean, there you go. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's that. But you'd think you would you would kill him if he actually started to open it up, not just because he said he would, presumably. Or maybe he did. I don't know. Are you a historian? Fuck yourself. Uh, the doctor said that absolutely, without a doubt, that Sirhan had been programmed. And in 2013, his defense used this basis for his last federal appeal, which he then lost. Yeah, there's no way. Killing <laughs> a judge, senator, they're not going to let judge, you go. No. <laughs> the judge said that the psychological report was, quote, uh, though intriguing, held... Held little weight.
1: So they they determined that he was programmed, but they didn't determine anything else from it. I
0: don't. Yeah, I don't know. It said that. uh, Well, the doctor determined that he was programmed, and therefore, you know. Some fuckery is afoot somewhere, but that's just one piece of this massive puzzle. You know what I mean? Who programmed him? Why did they program him? Why did they want him killed? And you know, all these other things. This
1: is such AJ Abrams thing. It's is, if, if I answer your question, address. it's just going to it's just
0: gonna lead to more questions. And then I'll have to cut the up with answers. And I'll be sitting around in my writer's room. And I'll have to be working. And you know how I hate that. Just give me money. Also, for what it's worth, uh, RFK's son doesn't believe uh, that it was even Sirhan who had killed him and supports reinvestigation. If you think that that kind of Manchurian Candidate style assassination was like a one off, you'd be wrong. (laughs) As I said earlier, we're also going to flash forward now. So uh, enter uh, Mark David Chapman, who was an American who had uh, shot and killed John Lennon outside of his apartment building in Manhattan on December eighth, nineteen eighty. We, of course, all know who John Lennon was. Yes, former member of the Beatles, most talented member in the group, of course. Next to Ringo, who in his words was just happy to be here. Uh, so Chapman uh, went to New York uh, in October of 1980, intending to kill Lennon, but left to obtain ammunition for his unwitting friend Dana Reeves in Atlanta before returning in November. During his uh, October trip to New York, Chapman was inspired by the film Ordinary People. Mm-hmm. Apparently this movie like convinced him to stop his plans. And then he returned to his home in Hawaii, where he told his wife that he had been obsessed with killing Lennon. Uh, Chapman then showed her the gun to show that he wasn't fooling, uh, as well as the bullets. And she, for some reason, did not say did anything nothing. to anybody. Police or doctors or anybody. So I mean, he seemed normal. I, just, right? I don't know. Red flag laws would not have worked in that situation. Uh, Chapman later said that uh, the message, thou shalt not kill flashed on the television at him and that it was on the wall hanging that his uh, excuse me on the wall hanging that his wife put up in their apartment he had made an appointment to see a clinical psychologist uh, psychologist but never kept it and then for some reason flew back to new york on december the 6th 1980 two days before so on the morning of december the 8th chapman left his room at the sheraton hotel leaving his personal items behind Basically, he just left behind whatever he wanted the police to find. He knew he wasn't coming back, basically. Uh He bought passports. a copy of, yeah, <laughs> a bunch of singed passports um, and a copy of the Quran. Uh, he, bought, <laughs> he bought a copy of The Catcher in the Rye, in which he wrote, this, underlined, is my statement, end quote. And signing it, quote, Holden Caulfield, which I guess was the main character. character. Yeah. Again, I haven't read the book. Uh, He then spent most of the day near the entrance of the Dakota apartment building where Lennon lived, talking to fans and the doorman. Early in the morning, Chapman was distracted and missed seeing Lennon step out of the cab and enter the Dakota. Later in the morning, he met Lennon's housekeeper, who was returning from a walk at Lennon's five-year-old son, Sean. Chapman reached uh, reached in front of the housekeeper to shake Sean's hand and said, that he was a beautiful boy, quoting Lennon's song. Uh, around 5 p.m. Creepy and p.m. Oh, dude, it gets creepier and more sad. Uh, around 5 p.m., Lennon and his wife, Yoko Ono, were leaving the Dakota for a recording session at Recording Plant Studios. And as they walked toward their limousine, Chapman asked Lennon to sign a copy of his album, Double Fantasy. Amateur photographer Paul Gorsch was standing by and took a picture as Lennon signed the album. So, bro, there's an iconic iconic photo of both Chapman and Lennon and he's signing a copy. And I guess apparently, according to testimony from Chapman later on, Chapman says that John handed me back the album, looked me in the eye as if he was waiting for something and said, is there anything else you need to do or want to do or something along those lines? And Chapman took that as like a mental, like, Oh my God, he knows he knows. And he wants me to do it like now or whatever. And then he got cold feet and whatever. And, uh, Lennon gets back in the limousine and drives off to his recording studio.
1: That doesn't sound to me like a programmed killer, but.
0: No, that's true. He doesn't have the same, um. It's a little bit of empathy or something. Yeah, something. I have no idea. Something's stopping him. Got him to sign, uh, well. Then it, again, it, he, it, he didn't broken say. It was mind. That's also true. Who knows? He can't use logic. He didn't say it was, he said he got scared. Right like you like it was afraid to do it like you couldn't like he didn't have the balls to do it yeah i mean if you you're, if you're going to kill
1: you're going to kill somebody if you're not maybe like a trained cold hard killer
0: and dude staring at you like what's up dude like yeah almost like in in his mind almost like calling him out like what's up bitch like what do you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, just what the fuck do you think you're going to do that mate you're going to pull a gun on me side about that uh around uh, 10:50 p.m. Lennon and Ono returned to the Dakota in the limousine uh, they got out, past Chapman, and walked toward the entrance of the building. So dude was just like, waiting for him, dude, just posted up literally all day. Which, I don't know, is that like something that was normal? Because I mean, dude, he had mega, uh, John Lennon had mega fans, like, yeah. it was not uncommon with his like house, house, not like his apartment, but like he had like a house, I can't remember where, maybe in England, with like grounds and like, you know, people would like sneak on there all the time while frying balls on acid going like, Dude, I need to tell you about some, uh, you know, sudden realization of great truth. All right. So, so I don't know if that would be like out of the order. George Harrison got killed his in house, room. too, didn't he? He didn't get killed. He got fucking stabbed. He That's right. He That's he what living. I meant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they got out past Chapman and walked toward the entrance of the building. And from the street behind him, Chapman fired five hollow, five hollow point, like 38, you know, rounds from a nose revolver, four of which hit Lennon in the back shoulder Uh, puncturing puncturing his left lung and the left subclavicle. Apparently, Chapman softly called out Mr. Lennon before firing and then dropped into a combat stance, which is like how... That's weird. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Chapman said that he does not recall saying anything and that Lennon did not turn around. Chapman remained at the scene and appeared to be calmly leaning up against the hotel wall reading The Catcher in the Rye when the NYPD officer's arrived Calmly. and arrested him without incident. Mm-hmm. Super bizarre. Now again, that's definitely disassociation for sure. That's what it sounds like. But whether that's like programmed or whether that's this guy's just fucking crazy. That's crazy, yeah. dude. That's which <sighs> I hate just saying things that I don't understand are crazy. Because it's intellectually lazy. It is, yeah. You know what I mean? But it's like at this point it's like, whoa. Fuck, am I supposed to think, dude? The guy's doing all this crazy shit, dude. Like, <laughs> crazy is crazy does, ma'am. He admitted later saying things like, I acted alone. And the first responders recognized that Lennon's wounds were so severe and they decided not to wait for the ambulance. And so they just rushed him to the Roosevelt Hospital in a squad car. And, uh, Lennon was now, was then pronounced dead on arrival three hours later. Again, different than the 22 that uh, yeah. Sirhan shot up with the 20, which again, he killed, he fucking killed Kennedy with that. And it's like, dude, 22s are not a, I mean, any round in the brain is not exactly good for the right. good for the whole living thing. If you're into that. So, uh, three hours later, Chapman told police, I'm sure, quote, I'm sure the, the big part of me is Holden Caulfield, who is the main person in the book. The small part of me must be the devil. End quote. Oh, which again, okay. it's like, are you just projecting those characters because they're actually like different parts of your brain or maybe the devil's the handler or, but, you know, again, dude, like you try to put these this stuff into perspective and it doesn't really come out any more clearer than as opposed to not looking through the lens of the MK Ultra like phenomenon. Yeah, but uh, a lot of that kind of reminds me about what we discussed or in the in the long episode where we talked about triggers. You know you can utilize any kind of yes. use, yeah, yeah, exactly. You utilize any kind of like stimuli in order to kind of uh well just uh do a temporary like trigger of something that'll kind of bring up the the alter or the multiple that we discussed before uh more than a dozen psychologists and psychiatrists uh interviewed Chapman uh in the six months prior to his trial, three. For the prosecution and six for the defense and several more on behalf of the court. Jeez. And they conducted a, just a battery of standard diagnostic procedures and more than 200 hours of clinical interviews. All six defense experts concluded that Chapman was psychotic. Uh, five of those uh, thought he was a paranoid schizophrenic. So a lot more than the other guy got. Yeah. The other guy kind of got railroaded where this guy got like every, well, actually, I was just going to say freaking. <laughs> This was after Sirhan, so maybe they learned their lesson. You know what <laughs> I mean? Uh, JF, uh, RFK wasn't exactly the cultural icon that yeah. uh, that John Lennon was. True. Not uh, you know not not uh, not talking shit or anything. Uh, the court-appointed experts concurred with the prosecutor's examination and that uh, he was delusional yet competent to stand trial. Uh, and <laughs> okay. so, in the exact yeah, which I thought was kind of like a weird like. Yeah, he's insane, but not so insane that he does it. Wait, know this will be great for our ratings. Wrong. Put him on trial. For real. In the examinations, Chapman was, uh, more cooperative with the prosecutor, uh, prosecution's mental health experts than was, than he was with the defense. So for his own defense, he was kind of giving them more hard of time, which is again, kind of bizarre. Yeah. Uh, at the initial hearing in January 1981, uh, Chapman's new lawyer, Jonathan Marks instructed him to enter a plea of not guilty by reason of insanity. However, uh, Chapman told Mark's in June that he wanted to drop the insanity defense and plead guilty. Obviously Marx objected with, you know, serious questions over Chapman's sanity and legal challenge uh, and legally challenged his competence, uh, competency to make the decision. So he basically told the judge like, Hey, I don't even think he knows what he's talking about. This- yeah. He's saying he wants to be guilty. I don't think he understands what he means. Um, so in the hearing that came on June 22nd, Chapman said that, uh, God had appeared to him and oh, told him to plead guilty and that it would not change his plea over an appeal, regardless of his sentence. Yeah. This guy was also highly, uh, highly religious. God kind of plays like a big part in, you know, in, in his motivation. Uh, Marx, his lawyer, Marx told the court.
1: It's because John's, John Lennon said, imagine there's no religion.
0: Uh, he did say that, and, uh, he was also saying, uh, it was, uh, contested too that, um, the whole Chatton bigger than Jesus. Exactly about that particular comment, which is just like, dude, get over yourself, bro. Which I'm pretty sure, like, if the Jesus that you believe in, was like pissed at that. I'm pretty sure he wouldn't want you to go and murder the guy. Just <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not exactly Jesus' teachings. before. <laughs> Fucking scumbag. It's my interpretation of the Bible. I can do it I want. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Marx obviously was upset and told the court that he opposed uh, Chapman's change of plea decision and that Chapman wouldn't listen to him. But, uh, Judge Dennis Edwards refused a uh, further assessment saying that Chapman had made the decision of his own free will and declared him competent to plead guilty. <laughs> Uh, before we go on, I wanted to kind of mention that whole aspect about him hearing God. Yeah. Did That's
1: I, MK ultra E.
0: Did I send you that um, link or whatever about um, DARPA studying, uh, using lasers to uh, amplify certain resonance of your brain to make you hear voices that are in your head? We talked about it, but yeah, no super bizarre. So anyway, I just thought that if that was like a thing that was around in the eighties, that would definitely be useful or whatever to kind of beam into people's heads. And then just, be I mean, like,
1: how effective can that be to- this is the right person.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And, uh, one would argue maybe you'd have to get the device like near him, like in his prison cell or wherever he has to be, like happens to be, to be like, Mark, it's God. I'm very upset with what you've done. And I want you to plead guilty. It's the only way to get it to heaven. Also about all that conditioning that happened to you. Uh, anyway, the judge ordered psychiatric treatment for Chapman during his incarceration, sentenced him to 20 years to life. Five years less than the maximum sentence of 25 years to life. Uh Chapman's 11th parole hearing is scheduled for August of this year. 11th parole hearing. So he's been trying to get out. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I don't understand. These, I don't know. Uh, see, they 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 all plead guilty and want to get in super hard, and then once they're in for a while, they're like, "I'm just kidding. Let me out. Like, I, I I'm turning everything around." And uh, at the very end, when he was asked if he wanted to make a statement, he read an excerpt from *Catcher in the Rye*. Okay. And I read the excerpt. It doesn't make it doesn't mean anything. It's it's it's, it's the sentence that um, talks about the title. So anyway, uh, I don't know. If that one has a little bit of a bit of a weirdness kind of sprinkled in it or whatever. Maybe he's just a psycho, but he could have been conditioned. Who knows? You decide. Join us next time. Thank you. There's two shorts.